You're listening to the Digital State of Mind podcast with your host, Jessica Hawks, where we get honest about all things entrepreneurship, balancing life and business, and navigating the world in a digital age. to another episode of the Digital State of Mind podcast. I am super excited for this episode. This is an episode that I've been meaning to record for a while on the podcast. There's just a lot of different elements that are going into this episode and a lot of topics or a lot of things I wanted to cover in relation to this topic. So I'm glad that we're finally diving in. Today we are going to be talking about running a business with ADHD, I put a story box or a question box up on my Instagram story last week asking everyone to ask me any questions that they had about running a business with ADHD because I know that that's something that a lot of people struggle with and I think it's also something that makes a lot of people feel like they wouldn't be able to run a business because of the fact that they have ADHD or maybe they struggle with, you know, something else in terms of mental health, and it's totally possible. Believe me when I say that. Um, So I'm gonna just dive right in. In terms of my journey with ADHD, I found out that I had ADHD last year whenever I started going to a therapist more regularly and she assessed me for it and there was kind of this whole process that we went through. And at the time, the reason that I even went to or even brought this up as a possible concern of mine was because of the fact that I felt like I was really having a difficult time focusing on tasks. I felt like my mind was constantly in a million different places. I was kind of displaying a lot of behaviors that would be indicative that I might be struggling with something like ADHD. And I found myself struggling to be productive in my business, not because of any other reason besides the fact that I just could not focus on a task to save my life. And, you know, throughout my teenage years, I really struggled with anxiety and depression. If you've listened to the podcast before, you've heard me mention that and kind of talk about my journey with that. And as I've gotten older, I'm almost 26 now, I feel like that has kind of switched over into more so anxiety than it shows up as depression. And I felt that a lot within the last few years and I was feeling that really heavily. And, you know, for me, that shows up in overworking myself, feeling very exhausted, feeling very overwhelmed, nervous habits like biting my the skin around my fingers and the inability to focus on something or the ability to hyper-focus on something until the point that I'm absolutely exhausted and then feel burnt out. I also, for as long as I can remember, have had a difficult time with memory, with recall, and also with impulsiveness, which are all, you know, signs that you may have ADHD. And of course, as you're listening to this episode, this looks different for every single person. I think that we see a lot of content on, especially TikTok nowadays, that is like 
if you brush your hair twice a day, you have ADHD. <laughs> and it's like, I, I think that TikTok has helped a lot of people kind of um, resolve some issues that they had that they maybe have that were maybe um, undiagnosed. But obviously, you know, as I would look at TikTok, I'd be like, oh yeah, I do that. But then I would be like, well, doesn't everyone do that? So obviously consult a professional in these scenarios, which I did. And, you know, once she was basically like, yes, it sounds like you have ADHD, um, she wrote a prescription for me and I can't remember exactly what it was for. I, I'm pretty sure it was for Adderall and I never went through with actually getting the prescription. I have never been medicated for ADHD and the reason for that is not because I don't agree with taking medicines. I've taken medication for depression in the past, and I think that they are absolutely lifesavers for a lot of people. But I really wanted to, you know, now that I had more knowledge about what may be going on with me, I really wanted to explore options and see if I could help regulate this or help um, I guess keep it under control without the aid of medication before I went that route. And that's just what worked for me. That's not what works for everyone. So, you know, giving that, throwing that caveat out there. So in terms of some of the ways that this has shown up in my business, I would say that the biggest one is just <laughs> feeling very chaotic at times. And like I said, feeling like there are times where I can really focus and then feeling like time, there are times where I am just sitting there working for hours, but feeling like I'm not being productive. And that is a really terrible feeling. And in terms of the chaos, I have always been the type of person to have a million things going on in my life. I am not a person who does well with just being idle or, you know, not having something to do. I'm always looking for the next thing to do and I always have a ton of different things going on and then I get frustrated because I'm so busy. <laughs> um, but I felt that energy definitely go into my business as well. Feeling like there was just a million different things and a million different places and so many things to do and just feeling like I didn't have things fully under control and I was kind of just scrambling every day to make sure that I was getting done what I needed to get done. And for me, what tends to happen in those situations is a couple of things. The first thing is that I start to feel like everyone in the world has more hours in the day than I do because I'm like, how are you getting so much accomplished in a day? And it feels like a struggle for me. The other thing that happens is that I lose my inspiration. I start to lose inspiration for my business when I'm feeling really overwhelmed and burnt out. And then on top of that, another thing that happens is that it starts to wreak havoc on my health. I, you know, I would say this year has been a huge year of starting to understand what works for me, how I work best, how to manage projects, and, you know, I got to the point where I had basically like a hormone test done and or like a women's health test and it showed that my cortisol levels were basically non-existent and if I'm not a health expert so I'll explain this to my the best of my ability but from my understanding really low levels of cortisol or really high levels of cortisol are both bad really high levels of cortisol show that you are incredibly stressed and that that's therefore taking an effect on your body. 
And then really low cortisol levels can show the same thing, but in a different way. And basically the way that a health professional explained it to me was that I had probably stressed myself out so much over the last few years that my adrenal glands, I think that's what it is, had basically kind of just given out and my cortisol level was at zero. So I was waking up in the morning and I would be completely exhausted. The The person that I was working with to kind of help resolve this was like, I'm surprised that you can even drag yourself out of the bed in the morning. And I was definitely feeling that. And I've been, that's been something I've been working on over the past few months and it's gotten so much better. And I, if anyone has any questions about kind of like what that process looked like for me, then let me know. You can DM me on Instagram because it really sucks to feel like that. It sucks to feel like I know something is wrong. I know that I, you know, something is wrong, but I don't know what it is. So having the diagnosis of ADHD helped me a lot with that. And then kind of figuring out what was going on in terms of my health also helped me a lot. So it's been a it's been a long process and it can feel really overwhelming. Um, I feel like it's almost like whenever you know that you have like a food intolerance, but you don't know what it is. And it feels so overwhelming to have to kind of cut everything out and then slowly reintroduce things to figure out what's going on. Those things just really, really overwhelm me. And it was hard for me to kind of kickstart that process, but I did it and I've been feeling a lot better, which is great. So Anyway, I'm going to dive into some of the tips that I have for managing your business, running your business, managing a team while you have ADHD. And then I'm also going to go over some of the questions that I was asked in the question box on Instagram. All right. So the first thing that has helped me is a bit random, but I definitely have seen the effects of it in my business, in my life, and whether you would directly correlate this to helping with ADHD or not, I feel like this has helped me with my focus so much, with understanding my body, with understanding my energy levels. And I feel like this is going to be super, super helpful for you if you have a period. So obviously, you know, if you have been on TikTok, you've probably seen some type of content about cycle syncing and how the difference between, you know, men's cycles versus women's cycles and traditionally especially in the workplace the workplace is built for a man's cycle which runs 24 hours versus a woman's cycle who run which runs a month long so trying to kind of fit ourselves into this cycle that is or this i guess society that is built for men's cycles the nine to five day you know the typical corporate work week that is built for men and it can be really difficult for women to make that work for them and that's why we kind of wonder okay why am i experiencing burnout a lot of it is because of that and one of the best things about running your business is that it enables you to be able to work around things like that that the corporate industry doesn't allow you to work around so traditionally and by traditionally, I mean my entire life, I never tracked my period. I've always had regular periods, but I never was the type of person who would log it. I, Whenever I would go to the doctors and they were like, when was your last menstrual cycle? I was like, I have no freaking idea. Um, so <laughs> this was definitely an adjustment for me. And uh, it, like I said, it was just not something that I was used to doing. So I started doing this um, a few months ago. And I started out with using the app 
called Flow, F-L-O. And I think that one's a pretty popular one. A lot of people use that. And it basically kind of tells you exactly what's going on in your body based off of whenever you have your cycle. And this is going to be different for people who might have irregular periods or, you know, um, may struggle with that in some way. But, you know, I guess I'm speaking from personal experience from someone who has had a regular period. And even if you have a regular periods, I think still knowing kind of roughly what phase of your cycle is in can be super helpful for you. So the first thing I did was I started tracking my cycle and then I started diving into what each phase of my cycle actually was and what was happening. And I feel like a lot of times we grow up just not really having an understanding of this. We you know, know that we get our period, we know what that means. But as far as the actual phases, like each week in your cycle, if you would have asked me, you know, earlier this year, what what was happening to my body during my luteal phase, I would have been like, I don't know. So I dove into what each week during my cycle was doing to my body and how that was reflected in my energy levels and in my performance. So essentially, just as kind of a uh, crash course in this, you have four phases during your cycle. You have your menstrual phase, you have your follicular phase, you have your ovulation phase, and then you have your luteal phase. In your luteal phase and your menstrual phase, you're going to be feeling you know, tired, you're not going to be feeling as energized, you're not going to be feeling as productive and inspired. Whereas in your follicular phase and your ovulation phase, that's when your estrogen levels are going up as well as your testosterone levels. And that's when you're going to feel so much more energetic, you're going to feel inspired, you're going to feel creative, you're going to be really productive, you're probably going to feel more social and outgoing. And Starting to learn about that helped me so much because on those weeks where I was like, why am I feeling so tired? Why am I feeling uninspired? Does this mean that I'm doing something wrong in my business? What does this mean about me? During the times that I felt like that, it was so relieving to finally have an understanding of, no, this isn't a reflection of me or my business. This is a reflection of what changes my body is going through and how that's there for manifesting itself in the way that I show up in my business. So I started out with using the Flow app. And then from there, I obviously there's some kind of debate around whether you should use these or not, because it is personal information and it can be kind of scary to have that personal information out there, even though you know, we hope that these apps are as secure as possible. So if you're not comfortable with that, then you can always kind of just track this yourself in your notes app or in a journal or something like that. Um, but as of recently, I have something called the Aura Ring, O-U-R-A, and I am obsessed with it. It tracks my sleep. It tracks my activity throughout the day, my steps, um, my heart rate, my oxygen levels, and it also tracks my temperature. So my ring that I wear on my finger every day can actually kind of uh, track or detect when I'm about to start my period and it alerts me of that. So I've started using the Aura app combined with an app called Natural Cycles. Natural Cycles is an app that a lot of people use to um, basically track whether they are fertile or not in a natural way as opposed to being on birth control or something like that. You basically would take your temperature every morning and then you would um, log that into the app and it would tell you whether you are able to get pregnant or not that day. 
So I started using that with my aura ring because since my aura ring tracks my temperature, it just sends that information right over to natural cycles and I'm able to see what part of my, um, what part of my cycle I'm in, if I'm fertile or not, things like that. So if that's something you're interested in, you could go that route. Otherwise, you could just use something like the Flow app or like I said, manually track it yourself. But what I've kind of started to do now is try to, and this can be difficult to do because, you know, <laughs> sometimes things just happen and you can't plan everything around your cycle, but I've tried to make a loose effort to have the weeks where I know I'm going to need to be working a lot, where I know that we're launching something, where I know I'm going to need to be showing up or be on a lot of calls. I've tried to have those weeks land in my follicular phase and my ovulation phase because I know that I'm going to feel more energized and productive. And then I also try to have the weeks where I know I'm going to be in my luteal phase or my menstrual phase, have those be slower weeks where maybe I'm working more behind the scenes on things and I don't have to be as present with actually showing up on social media or showing up on phone calls and being creative and coming up with all of these new ideas and making a lot of decisions in my business. So that has been super, super helpful for me. I really encourage you to dive into that if you if that's not something that you've been doing and it's also just felt very empowering to learn more about that and understand more about my body and it makes me feel more connected to myself and my womanhood in a way. So that is my first tip. Okay, my next tip is to act on inspiration and avoid making your business a nine to five. And what I mean by that is whenever I first started my business, I was kind of so conditioned and stuck in the mindset of I have to wake up early in the morning, I have to start working, and I need to end my day at a normal, quote unquote, normal hour of working, which, you know, to most people is around five, six, seven, and I can't work on weekends. And what this caused to happen is that oftentimes I would, well, I would definitely suggest everyone figures out what their chronotype is, C-H-R-O-N-O-T-Y-P-E, because it kind of asks you some questions and tells you what, um, basically when you're most efficient during the day. For me, I'm most efficient in the evening and at night, which kind of is annoying because <laughs> obviously you want to kind of relax in the evenings. But what I would used to try to do with my business is I would try to force myself to get up really early, jump right into working, you know, have a typical lunch and then end my day around five or six. And I found myself not being as productive as I wanted to be because in the mornings, it's just not my most inspired time. It's not my most creative time. It's not my most free thinking time. And it's harder for me to focus in the mornings. I personally function a lot better if I am allowing myself to take my morning slow to kind of work as I get those bursts of energy throughout the day and to take breaks when I feel like I need a break. And then there's days where I feel super motivated in the evening or late at night and I allow myself to work during those times. There's times where I'm feeling super motivated on the weekend and I don't make myself, I don't force myself to not work in those times just because society 
has structured what they view as a normal working schedule because the whole point of starting a business and starting my business was to enable me to have that freedom to work whenever I wanted and to build a schedule that works really well for me. So I have completely tried to avoid forcing myself into working when I don't feel like it or telling myself I can't work at a certain time because I'm not quote unquote, supposed to be. And obviously this is nuanced. There's certain times where there are things that you need to do, right? You may have a call that you have to be on that's earlier in the day, or you may not be able to work that night because of something going on. I'm not saying that you have to be super rigid about this, but allowing yourself to flow with your energy and how you feel and not trying to force yourself into a specific schedule or mold was super helpful for me. Having a a bit of a looser schedule has, has really helped me in this sense. My next tip is about finishing your work cycle. And this is going to be super helpful for any of you who get really distracted whenever you are, (laughs) whenever you're trying to work on a task and then you're jumping to another task and then you're like, oh crap, I forgot to finish that one task that I was just working on. And that's how things start to slip through the cracks. And that's how you have been working for two hours, but you're like, what have I actually accomplished? So the idea of finishing your work cycle is that you see the task that you're working on through to completion before moving on to something else. And really what a lot of this is about is being intentional. It's not something that you're going to be perfect at, but essentially if I'm in the middle of typing an email or if I am in the middle of, you know, sending a Slack message or I'm working on a specific task or writing a caption, whatever it may be that you're working on, Whereas before, if I heard the notification of an email pop up on my phone, I would be tempted to switch my tab over to my emails. I would open that email. I would probably start replying to that and then I'd get a text message. And then I would start voice noting that person back and it would make me think of something else that I was working on. And then I would open up a new tab on my computer And before I knew it, I would have five different tasks that I was working on that were all open tasks, incomplete, And I would be so sidetracked that I would have a difficult time kind of pulling myself back into whatever task that I was working on and finishing that. So I now make a concerted effort to see tasks through to completion. If I start replying to a a text message or if I start working on a task or if I am creating something, I do my best to stay intentionally focused on that task until it is completed so that I know I have completed the task, I can move on to another one, and then I just continue to repeat that cycle. And um, another tip while you're doing this, I would definitely recommend listening to some type of music or noise. I can't function well if I am listening to music that has words in it. I get really distracted. Even when I'm trying to listen to like an audiobook or something like that, I get, I get so sidetracked. I can't even focus on what they're saying. So I don't listen to anything that has actual words in it, but listening to like white noise, listening to piano music. I've also even in the past listened to Mario Kart soundtrack music and it sounds really weird and chaotic, but for some reason it works. And it I remember I used to like blitz through my work whenever I was doing that. So try some different options and see what works best for you in that regard. This next tip that I have is kind of relevant to the last tip, and that is grouping similar tasks together. Um, This is something that I started implementing once I was a VA, or when I was a VA, and then once I figured out that I had ADHD, this is something I, I tried to focus on even more so. 
And by similar types of tasks, you know, if you're a virtual assistant or you're a business owner of any kind, there's one thing that I definitely would encourage you to do in your business, and that's to have show days and then backstage days. Your show days are where you are showing up, right? You are on stage, you're on calls, you are communicating, you are showing up on your stories, maybe you're batching some content. This is where you are outwardly presenting yourself in your business, and then your backstage days are where you're working on back-end tasks, where you're really honed in on something. Maybe you're writing captions, you are creating emails to send out to your audience, you're working on tasks for your clients behind the scenes. Whatever that looks like, it is really, really difficult for anyone, and especially people with ADHD, to switch from being in that backstage mode to then being in that forward-facing stage slash show role. So I definitely would encourage you to have those types of days in your business regardless. But another thing that I started doing when I was a virtual assistant to help me was to group similar types of tasks together in the sense of my client work. So for example, I had multiple clients who I managed their Pinterest. So um, Monday may be my call day where I'm meeting with clients, I'm recording content, I'm fully showing up in my business. Tuesday may be my Pinterest day where I'm planning out all of my clients' Pinterest accounts. Wednesday is my social media day where I'm writing captions for my clients. I'm planning out what their feed is gonna look like. I'm writing captions for myself. Thursday maybe is, you know, more of a backstage day where I'm doing those more tedious tasks for my clients, emails, communication, things like that. And then Fridays, I actually, once I was able to kind of get my schedule under control, I started taking Fridays as my CEO day and I would either dedicate, I would you know, usually tie up some loose strings with my clients, but I would mostly dedicate that day to working on my own business because that can really take a back a back seat whenever you are involved in so much client work. So I dedicated Fridays to working on my own business and I also could just take the day off if I wanted. And I've continued that now even into my business um, today. I don't do rarely ever do I do calls on Fridays. Um, rarely ever do I schedule in anything really big or any chunks of work. Um, if I have something I'm working on, if it's a crazier week or we're in the middle of launching something, then I may need to work on Fridays. But I usually try to reserve that day to be as open as possible my husband is also off on Fridays, so that's a day where we can catch up on household things, we can have a date, we can spend the day together, we can take Teddy out, I can catch up on some work if I need to, but there's nothing that is pressing for me usually ever scheduled on Fridays, and I have loved implementing that in my business. But yeah, definitely recommend grouping similar tasks together. This just helps you, especially, again, if you get distracted easily, focusing on one type of task instead of having to switch between a bunch of different types of tasks can be super helpful in keeping that flow going in your brain. Another thing that I do is I really try to make a concerted effort to acknowledge when work is no longer productive for me and take a break. Before, I would just try to push through this. And again, that just kind of leads to you doing a bunch of busy work, unproductive work, and not actually getting a lot accomplished. So if I can tell that my brain is just completely in another space and I am truly having a difficult time focusing and I'm not being productive, that's an indicator to me that I need to go outside. I need to, what is it? What do they call it? 
touch grass. Yeah, I need to go touch grass. <laughs> I need to, you know, take a second, maybe do some meditations, maybe go run an errand, go for a drive, do something to just kind of break up the monotony and get my brain refreshed in a sense and get me inspired to kind of come back to whatever it is that I was working on. So that's been really difficult for me because I'm the type of person who is extremely hard on myself and I have constantly struggled with basing my value off of how hard I'm working and how much I'm getting done. So being able to recognize and say, hey, I'm not productive right now. I need to take a break. That is super difficult for me to do. So it's been a work in progress, but being aware of it is the first part in all of these things, right? The last tip that I have that's kind of a random one and is kind of like a little hack for you, but I am so, I was actually just talking about this today with my business manager, Kaylin, um, and we were talking about how when you're in coffee shops, you're so much more productive because you kind of feel like you have an audience almost and it's, it's, um, it's more difficult to get distracted. So if I'm Whenever I go to a coffee shop, I am so much more productive for some reason or just any kind of um, change of scenery or being out in public, working by myself, but being surrounded by other people in kind of like a busy environment. I feel like that's helpful because my brain gets distracted by that busy environment and it enables me to kind of actually focus on what I'm working on. Another thing that really helps me is filming myself. Whenever I'm filming time lapses of myself or I'm doing day in the lives on Instagram, which I'm actually doing one today, if you saw that, shout out to you. Um, but whenever I'm filming myself, I stay so much more focused. I'm not inclined to pick up my phone. And it's almost like I'm being watched in like a Big Brother show or something because of the fact that I'm recording myself. So that's just a little hack. If you're really struggling to focus, start recording yourself in a time lapse or go out, go to a coffee shop, go somewhere where you can work in a different change of scenery. Okay, so... Those are some of my tips. I am going to dive into some of the systems that I use now in terms of what I use to kind of manage what I have going on in my business and in my life in general, and then I'll dive into some questions. So as far as systems that I use, the main three things that I use are things, the app called Things 3, T-H-I-N-G-S 3. I think it's like $10 in the app store. It's a, oh, just dropped my mic, but you know what? I'm going to leave that in because we all make mistakes, right? So I think that Things 3 is, like I said, it's a one-time purchase in the app store and then you don't have to pay a monthly subscription or anything like that. This is the only to-do list app that I have ever actually used in my life. Truly, I have downloaded so many. I use them for a second and then I just forget that they exist and go use something else. I have been using Things 3 for two and almost two and a half years now consistently and I absolutely love it. You can create small projects within there. So I have some different tabs. For example, if I'm going on a trip, I'll create a project for that trip and then I'll add in to-do lists for it. And it kind of shows you how far you are to or how close to completion you are on that, which I really enjoy seeing. Um, and then I'll have a tab if I need to, uh, you know, get stuff for the house. I also have just a general tab where I brain dump anything. So at 2 a.m. when I can't fall asleep because I'm thinking of so many things and all these business ideas, I dump them into the Things 3 app and I address them the next day. So 
Essentially, what I do is I drop any to-dos or random things that I think of in things the Things 3 app. If they're in my brain, it's going to prevent me from being able to focus and I'm going to be worried that I'm forgetting something. So I put stuff in there all day and then what I'll do is at the end of the day, I will go in and start planning my next day. So I use Google Calendar combined with my Apple Calendar. Um, I have them synced up so anything you know team-wise or that I'm invited to will just go straight through to my Apple Calendar and I start planning out my next day. So I'll time block for things like my to-do list. I will put in individual tasks for my in my calendar if I know I need to remember to do something I put as much as possible into my calendar so that I have an idea of what's happening the next day or what's happening throughout the week and then we also use ClickUp um, we switched from Asana to ClickUp in my business recently because the business has just grown so much that we needed something that was more of a powerhouse you could definitely use Asana if your business is still growing or you don't have a large team or something like that but um, ClickUp, there's so many capabilities within it. It truly is. I mean, it's very complicated and a lot of people don't need it within their business and it can be a bit overwhelming. But I also use ClickUp to kind of keep track of what the team is doing, what we're working on, and then any tasks that I have that need to be completed. Um, and those are the three major things that I use. I do also occasionally use Notion, but I use Notion for more like general life stuff. So for example, I have a list of all of our monthly bills in Notion and the total of those, where I go to pay them, what my login is. I have a list of, I keep like random recipes that I make often in there. Um, I have a habit tracker in there. So it's not something that I use consistently for business related stuff. I use it for more general life related stuff, but I don't use it to for a to-do list. I don't use it for, um, yeah, much else other than that. It's I, I do eventually want to start using it more, but it's definitely a little bit overwhelming and I also need something that's very mobile friendly because of the fact that I use my phone so much and I work when I'm away from my computer a lot and Notion is not the most mobile friendly thing. So yeah, but those are the main programs that I use or systems that I use in my business. Alrighty, so let's dive into some questions that I got on Instagram. So the first question I got was, when did you find out you had ADHD? So I found that out last year. I think it was, was it last year? Yeah, I think it was late last year. So whenever I was 24, um, which is fairly late in life to figure that out. I mean, I guess not really. There's some people who are, you know, in like their 50s and figure out that they've had ADHD this whole time. But um, yeah, I was 24 whenever I figured it out. It never really was even something that I thought of whenever I was a teenager. I mean, whenever I was a teenager, though, there was definitely a different perspective on mental health and, you know, TikTok didn't exist. There weren't as many resources as there are now. So it's not something that I just, I just never even thought about that as an option. And I was also really so swept up in my anxiety and depression whenever I was a teenager that I would have probably attributed whatever, you know, symptoms I was having as part of that. But yeah, I was 24. Someone said, how do you stay focused on one task? I jump from thing to thing too much. And I think that a lot of the things I was talking about earlier would definitely help with this, especially finishing your work cycle and then grouping similar tasks together. 
I mean, really like everything that I mentioned, but filming yourself, finishing your work cycle, grouping similar tasks together. Those are the things that helped me the most in terms of actually staying focused on one task and making sure that I wasn't jumping around so much. And it definitely is going to feel like a battle at first. You are going to feel, I mean, even to this day, like I get so distracted. I'll pick up my phone and go on TikTok or I'll pick up my phone and get so distracted whenever I'm literally in the middle of a task on my computer. Um, so it's constantly a work in progress. Don't beat yourself up if you don't, you know, do as well as you want in the beginning. It just takes a lot of practice. And, you know, something else that I have noticed that's helped me with this is prioritizing myself and doing things like anxiety meditations before I go to bed or making sure I get some type of activity every day, whether it's taking a walk or doing yoga or, you know, whatever that may be. And then also in my calendar, I make sure that I try to prioritize scheduling in tasks for myself in terms of like self-care things. So, you know, getting a massage or going for a walk, making sure that I actually take time to eat breakfast during the day, things like that. I make it a priority to schedule those before I start scheduling in work for my business. And I would encourage all of you to do the same thing because you can't help other people. You can't stay focused. You can't stay motivated if you're not working on yourself. And I kind of had to learn that the hard way this year, but definitely would recommend doing that. Next question is imposter syndrome and ADHD, wondering, quote unquote, is this really my passion? And I feel this so hard. You know, I think that we are really taught growing up that one thing has to be our passion. And for a lot of people, and especially people who struggle with ADHD, you may have many passions. I mean, there are so many days where I'm like, hmm, I would like to become a lawyer or I (laughs) want to learn all of these random things or I want to be a brand designer. Whenever I first started my business, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to become a photographer because I love working with photographers so much. And so it's super easy to kind of jump around and have a bunch of different passions. I am also, I've noticed this with my brother and myself as well. We get so hyper fixated on specific passions for him, it's running. Right now, it's tennis. For me, for running, oh my gosh. For me, for a while, it was running. I was obsessed with running. I was doing like ultra marathons and 12-hour runs and all this crazy stuff. I was completely obsessed with it. Recently, it's been, well, not as so much recently, but piano, playing piano. Um, I bought a piano earlier this year and I was obsessed. I was playing it for like an hour, two hours every single day. And I had never played piano before in my life, just decided, oh, I'm going to learn how to play the piano, went and bought one and hyper fixated on it. Uh, recently, a couple, like around two months ago, it was Legos. <laughs> I was just suddenly obsessed with Legos and was spending hours making Legos. So I think this is a normal thing that people with ADHD experience is hyper fixating on something and it being your passion and then, you know, jumping to the next thing. And for me, my business has been the thing that has been like the most stable in my life for the longest amount of time. And I think that the great thing about having an online business is that it's so malleable in the sense that you can 
you can always pivot, you can always shift, you can always change things up, and every single day looks different. The most exciting thing to me about my business is that every single day I'm doing something different. I have the ability at the snap of my fingers to create something new or to run a sale on something or offer a different product, a different service, to try something new out. The other great thing about having a business online is that you have the free time once you start a business to dedicate to those other passions that you have, like building Legos. But I mean, it really does enable you to kind of have like foster those passions in a way that a lot of corporate jobs don't. I mean, whenever I was in my corporate job, I was getting up some days at like 4.35 a.m. to go run in the dark outside. And then I would run in the evenings and on the weekends. And that's really the only time that I had to do it. But it's just so, so different with a business. And I think remembering that, you know, you don't have to know that something's your passion in order to try it. You try it out, see how you like it. And in your business, you can always shift things, always change things up. But owning a business is very, very exciting to me. And I I think a lot of people think, oh, I have ADHD, therefore I can't be a business owner. And I really think it's kind of like a superpower in a lot of ways to be a business owner with ADHD. Next question, how do I keep my mind from jumping from project to project to project? And this kind of ties in hand with how to time manage, how to operate multiple clients with tasks and no executive dysfunction. Um, so as far as the question about jumping from project to project to project, kind of covered that already, but as far as how to time manage, how to operate multiple clients with tasks, what I started doing for this in my own virtual assistant business is I had Trello boards set up with every single one of my clients. Trello is a project management system, T-R-E-L-L-O. I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with it, but you could also use Asana, you could use Notion, you could use ClickUp, you could use Airtable. There's a million different project management systems out there. You just have to find one that you like. Whenever I first started, I loved Trello. I still like Trello, but don't really use it much anymore, at all anymore, actually. But I used Trello, so I had a I had a board with every single one of my clients, and in that board, we would keep track of the projects that we were working on, the tasks that you know I had assigned to myself, the tasks that my client had assigned to me, the tasks that I had assigned to my client, and I, and it can be super overwhelming to wake up and be like, oh, I have six clients that need help from me in some way today. So what I would do is every single morning, I would go into each of my clients' Trello boards and I would start figuring out what I needed to do for the day. So I would typically wake up, take care of any communication, wait, well, wake up, take some time for myself in the morning and then take care of any communication. So I would reply to like emails, text messages and kind of get squared off with that. And then I would go into those Trello boards and start taking kind of inventory of what needed to happen throughout that day. So I would go into client A's Trello board and I would just write all of this down. I would just kind of make a, an, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I want to say like executive list, but that's probably not the right word. I would make a large list (laughs) of the tasks that I needed to do for client A. Then I would make a task, a list of the tasks I needed to do for client B. I would start writing all of these things down in a large list. And then what I would start, and you could do this two ways. You could either work doing these client by client, doing the tasks client by client. But remember, for me, I said it was helpful to group tasks together. So often what I would do is I would look at all of those tasks and then I would start grouping them together. I would group together 
tasks that were of the same likeness. So if there were some Pinterest tasks, I would do that. Social media tasks, group those together. Behind the scene tasks, group those together. Communication type tasks, group those together. And then I would start working my way down that list throughout the day and go into each client's Trello board as I completed a task check that task off, move on to the next one. And grouping them together was super helpful for me because again, it helped keep me in that mind frame of whatever type of task I was working on. And also I liked it because I was kind of continuously working for different clients throughout the day and giving them each attention. So that's the way I did it. It worked super well for me. Try it out. There's, you know, different ways work differently for different people, but by kind of trying it out and doing those trial and error type things, you're going to figure out what process works best for you. <laughs> Someone asked me, how can I get rid of the ADHD? Um, great question. I wish I had an answer to that. Yeah, it can suck sometimes, but I mean, I don't know. You learn to live with it and you learn to work around it and work with it. And I think that, you know, I've had enough time in my business to kind of figure out what works well and how I can kind of mitigate the effects that ADHD has on me and on my brain and on my business. And some days are harder than other, harder than, oh, whoa, harder than others. Can you tell I've been talking all day? Um, harder than others, but at the end of the day, just remember if you have ADHD or you have anxiety, depression, anything that you struggle with, for one thing, it doesn't make you any less of a business owner. It doesn't make you any less of a capable business owner. And if you're someone who's thinking about starting a business, please don't let that be the thing that holds you back because there are so many business owners who have learned how to work with that and how to you know, keep that under control and kind of work with it rather than work against it in their business. And it's totally doable, I promise. Alrighty. Well, I think that's all I got for you. This was a longer episode, but I'm really excited about this one. I hope that it helps. I hope that, you know, somebody gets something out of this. And let me know on Instagram if you try any of these things, if they help, or if you have any tips for owning a business with ADHD. I'd love to hear. And uh, also leave me a review. <laughs> on whatever platform you're listening to. If you liked this episode, it's super helpful for us whenever you leave a review. It's super helpful for me in order to continue creating free content. And I love the podcast. I It makes me so happy whenever I get messages from you guys telling me you've listened to the podcast or you've binged the podcast or how much it's helped you. That means so, so much to me. And I really appreciate it. So thanks for listening and I will talk to you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Digital State of Mind podcast. I am your host, Jessica Hawks, and I am so happy to have you here. Follow along with us on Instagram at the Digital State of Mind so that we can stay connected with you and get your feedback on what you want to hear on the show. I know everyone says this, but we're serious, okay? <laughs> talk to you next time.